Welcome to the F-Man podcast, the podcast which focuses on the person doing the trading, the trader, and their interaction with the market, the impact the market has on them, and the skills, actions, and activities needed to navigate their way through the terrain of the complex and uncertain financial markets. Today, our guest is Sam North. Sam started trading with Amplified Trading back in 2014. Whilst trading his own funds, Sam has helped mentor others to develop their own skills and capabilities as a trader. Eventually, this turned into a full-time role as Head of Trader Development at Amplify. Last year, Sam continued along this path, moving to eToro as their trading school lead, where he helps aspiring traders to develop themselves to attain their trading dreams. Before we start, we would like to thank our podcast sponsor, the Society of Technical Analysts, the STA. The STA have been providing world-beating education on price action techniques for over five decades and have been the go-to place for pro traders and investors to learn high-level technical analysis skills. The STA offer a brilliant home study course, which is based off their technical analysis diploma program, which has been taught annually at the world-renowned London School of Economics. Our my podcast is delighted to announce that listeners can obtain a discount on their home study course. Visit alpha-mind.net to find out more about this offer. Now, on with the podcast. Welcome to this week's uh, Alpha Mind podcast, and we're delighted to have Sam North with us. Sam, at the moment, is uh, trading leader E. Toro, um, has been trading from the early 20-teens, uh, right through to um, present moment, but uh, his perspective perhaps is, uh, is is rather different, coming from a different background to, to perhaps Steve and myself. And I think we're we're interested to hear his journey, how he got into it, uh, what he found was his niche, and then what was inspired him to actually start to, you know, not, not just trade the market, but but to teach people, to to share wisdom and to, to nurture talent. So Sam, welcome to the show, and perhaps give us a bit more of your background. Mark, Steve, it's, it's great to, to be here. Thanks for, for the introduction. Uh, yeah, a little, little bit about me. I, I, before I got into trading, as you mentioned, in the early teens, I, I had no, no background, finance, economics, politics at all, all things we know which, which move markets. I played sport, football in particular, from very young age up to, to 18. So I was at Fulham uh, Academy sort of eight eight years old to, to sort of 14, 15, and, and then they released me. Um, they said I was, wasn't was tall enough, which I think is just a nice way of letting me down, really. I think that's the excuse <laughs> they give everyone. Uh, but then I went to, to Reading um, Academy, and it, it got, got to a point where they offered me um, a scholarship, which then if you get through that, they offer you then the pro contract. But I, I, I just wasn't really feeling it at the time, so I turned that down um, to, to go back to, to school or yeah, to go back to, to sort of finish off my education and, and then studied sports science at, at Portsmouth. Um, but pretty much straight away knew I didn't really want to do anything to do with sports science, sort of the physio, but I really enjoyed the psychology uh, element of, of sports science. And that's why I did my, my dissertation in emotional regulation and then came out of uni. And uh, luckily, looking back for me, my, my dad has worked in the city for his whole career. Um, he's retired now, but he, he was on the, the life trading floor. And he always sort of, um, I, I guess, in the back of my mind, it always interested me a bit. And when I came out of uni, I was like, well, why don't you, you know, go and you know, learn how, how to trade, see how you get on. And, you know, I did it and uh, I did, a, did a, a course, Amplified Trading, which is obviously then where I ended up working uh, a year after that, actually. Uh, so I did that and had definitely beginner's luck. Because as we all know, you know, you're not going to be the, the best version of yourself as a trader early on. But had a bit of beginner's luck, uh, enjoyed it, uh, wanted to work hard at it. So I continued to do that. Uh, traded um, my own funds after doing the stuff with Amplify, created a, a little fund with a, a colleague of mine. And then summer 15, Amplify gave me a call. And we're like, do you want to come out and come back and sort of help? with a little bit of mentoring over the summer for some university interns that they have and did that, loved it, had a, I guess, a bit, a bit of a knack for it. And, and really since then, I just haven't, haven't looked back. Okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. And um, it was good to see the life connection there because Mark, Mark was a day one lifer. He may know your father. I, I didn't know that. So. Now, when was I, your dad there? 
Yeah. So my dad was there, um, I think he, uh, early 90s. Okay, okay. And, I, right. and actually, yeah, so I did, do you know what, mate? Yeah, early 90s. But I did, um, I think, in year 11 at school when you had to do work experience. That was my first sort of taste of it. And I remember I, I went in uh, and did some work experience there. And I, I mean, it was just at that time, completely foreign world to me. But looking back there, I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the buzz of the city at the time. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, a fascinating world, isn't it? Was he a local? He, do you know what? He he used to be almost like like an umpire almost. So he'd be one wearing the big sort of white coats just to make sure it was all all kosher down there um but then he also did some of the education side of things at, at life um and then i think during the sort of the back end of the 90s got got made redundant as they made a few changes but that then he went on his own set up his own company and then you know went around the world teaching people graduates at all these different banks and so yeah he's been retired for a couple of years but we'll just do the odd piece of work here and there so yeah i think not long ago well just before the pandemic he was in nigeria before that switzerland luxembourg he used to go to quite a lot so yeah it was was doing a lot of education as well so i guess in a way you know i sort of fell into that same path albeit you know that wasn't something i studied at all right okay so so you've got both trading and education in your blood (laughs) yeah 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 absolutely i never saw myself going down this route but things just happen right well it's you know what's really interesting for me though that sort of when I go back through that is the fact that you were uh, you, you were a sports person. You know, you said you didn't have any finance or economics background. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, we coach a lot of people, and it's amazing how many people come from a performance background who succeed in trading. You know, whether yeah. it's from football or music or the arts or sport. When I say football, you know, we see quite a lot of people who experience in martial arts, um, gaming and poker, things like that, anywhere where there's a performance mentality, somehow seems to prepare them better for trading than anything yeah. else. Better for the because it is a performance activity. And and often we can see the opposite with academics who come in think it's it's an academic activity. Yeah, yes. no, I absolutely it's more like a sport, right? It is it is essentially a sport in its own right if you guys look at it, look at the, the fabric of a of a market. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, sorry, I, I was just yeah, just thinking, and I, I was actually. I know you, you're the guys asking the questions, but have you found people that came from an, a sort of an individual sporting background have, have performed better than maybe people that came from a team sport, or is, or is there sort of no real connection there? Um, I think you know, I've not really looked at it like that. But, you know, I, I have noticed a lot of people who were. I probably noticed it more with people from individual. Mm. activities individual sports like i say music is where i see a lot of musicians that seem to do really well in trading they just seem to make sense you know it's you know i think we run ahead one of them on the podcast last last year um who said that he just saw markets like he saw musical notes god that sounds good (laughs) the rhythm of the market yeah um we, we had a couple of people actually we had a system builder it was from a musician, musical background as well. He was actually one of the market wizards. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, but, it, it, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, the, the, there's a guy I, I coached who was a martial artist. And, you know, he, he sort of recognises that, you know, the, the risk management is like having your, your gloves up when you're, you know, if you let your gloves slip, you're in trouble if you expose your face. And he said it's the same with, you know, with, with trading, you know, if you expose yourself too much, you're going to get into trouble. So that that felt very natural to him. Yeah, uh, quite a few golfers have turned up as well. I mean, you know, people that um, you, you know, whilst in a competitive world, you're, you're playing your own game essentially in golf, and it's, it's yeah. much the same psychology. Um, you know, the golf course being played between your ears, you know, trading being played between your ears rather than what what's in front of you and, and take, taking each moment as it comes and not prejudging, you know, the next shot before you get to the next shot. I mean, it's the same thing with trading, really. So the awful lot of overlap, even in my professional career, a lot of overlap with, with golf and, and to some extent tennis, um, which tends to bend obviously towards the, the individual sport strengths. Um than necessarily t- team strength, although obviously there were 
you know, a handful of rugby players and, and footballers, but it was very strong on the, the golf and tennis front. So, so how did you, Sam, how did you find that? I mean, you threw that question at us. Do you find more individual runs than team runs? Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I mean, when I look back at, at my sporting career, I, 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 I didn't like love the academy environment, even though I'm, I'm a massive team player. I love team sports. For me, when you're, you know, in your teenage years, everyone's trying to become a pro of whatever sport it is in a team sport. It's not doesn't become team sport because everyone's out for themselves. Whereas, you know, if I play football with my mates on a Sunday, it is a team sport because we all sort of buy into it. And I sometimes think back, think, oh, I wonder if I actually should have done a golf or a tennis because that you, it is performance based and it's on your own. And the end result is what the end result is. And you can control a lot more than that. So I've always thought I would have been better suited to do a, a an individual sport. And I, I I try, and I don't succeed at it, but I try to play a lot of golf. And the amount of similarities, with, with, like you just said there, Mark, between sort of trading, uh, the psychology between the two is, is, is fascinating. So, yeah, I, I found in, in general um, those that come from sort of individual sports maybe do you know, a little bit better. Um, I also found it really interesting what you were guys were mentioning there about you know people that come from sort of an academic background sometimes really sort of struggle right with the because they've come and they you know not to sound in a bad way they think they know it all and of course they know way more than you know a lot of people but when actually putting that into a trading system or environment they they can struggle a little bit at the beginning Uh, i found that i mean i used to cope sort of you know graduate intake and you're absolutely right it was the economists that thought they're going to become the heads of trading but I mean, they, you could tell from almost the first conversation, you just don't get it. You just yeah. don't. You're so textbook. You're so theory. Actually, and your speed of thought is very, very macro and, mm-hmm. and you know, sort of getting your head around big pieces of work. And you need to be lighter and more agile in trading. And they didn't, didn't have that agility of thought at all. No. Yeah, a civil engineer graduate actually totally nailed it, you know, from day yeah. one. He knew it. He could, he could work it out. But the economists, yeah, well, they just, uh, they, they didn't pass the test. Yeah. In in general, yeah. Engineers are dealing real world with real world stuff. Yeah. And, and so are sports people. And, you know, it, it's it's a practical activity. You have to deal with, with what's in front of you. You know, it's, um, and I think also they're very competitive, which is, I think, is another key element. You know, performers are naturally competitive people. And I think sometimes in this job, you have to be competitive to force yourself Yeah, against you. I think you're competing more with you than anyone else. You know, you're holding yourself to account. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's it. That is completely it. You're, you're competing, yes, against other people when you're actually trading. But the only thing that matters is your own performance and mm-hmm. where you're going to be in the future, whether that be 5, 10, 15 years, whatever. You know, and you've got to have that consistency. You know, it's all very well and good being okay for a couple of years, but you know, it's all about when you actually finish, right? And and how you you get to that point and having that consistent. And you've got to perform at a consistent level rather than just a high level here and a low level there. It's good got to look for that consistency. I'm sure you you know both you know and see all your listeners will as well. Yeah. So in your work, I mean, you you you're. Perhaps you could describe your work a little bit more to us. So, you know, and then how are you applying some of those ideas and principles in your work? Yeah, so my, my role when I was at, at Amplify was to to be a mentor risk manager. So we would uh, have this course where people would come and, and learn to trade and they would come from all different backgrounds. Some would do it as a way to get into a job in the financial uh, system. Uh, some people would do it as a career change. Some would do it just to find a little bit more about themselves, uh, whether they liked it or not. So we would do this course that would, you know, sort of be sort of nine nine weeks long, where people would come, and I would sort of head that uh, and mentor them as as they went through. And then I last May moved to Etoro, which has been absolutely fantastic. I absolutely love it here, and um, it's. It's opened my mind up a lot more to the investing side of things, but obviously mm-hmm. still doing the, the trading stuff as well. So here at Etoro, I, I do uh, quite a quite a few webinars, but really I'm in, in sort of charge of the education that we put out. So we do a podcast similar to the one you guys do, uh, where we just talk about we just talk about sort of the three main subjects that are going on in markets. There's a little market update, and then we do 
uh, special episodes here and there. We go around to universities. We sponsor currently in the UK six football clubs. So we would do like a, I would go and do a seminar, like a learn to invest, do this, don't do that, avoid these kind of things. So yeah, education is, is kind of what I do. And and one of the 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 things that happens every month is that I would do a sort of learn to trade uh, webinar series, like a free part one. And most of the people that uh, will come to that will have absolutely no uh, prior experience. It's kind of aimed at people that are just sort of new to the platform. Um, and I just want to take them on a little bit of a journey, really. And it, I think, uh, and and you guys will, will be able to, to say this in, in more detail, but having sort of a mentor really speeds that process up from getting from A to B. So for, for me, you know, when I amplify, I probably mentored sort of five, 600 people. Uh, but here I'm doing a bit more virtually, but I still think it, it helps them quite a lot. So we'll take them through initially, you know, what are markets? What are they potentially trading? Because one of the, the main reasons I've always found that people say fail early on is they don't actually know what they're trading. Uh, right. So just going over a few different characteristics, whether that be volume on a certain time of the day or, or what drives them or what correlates them. Uh, and then just making them aware of, of the different type of trader. You know, everyone, some people will be working full time. If you're working full time, are you going to trade, you know, every, on a 15 minute time frame? Probably not. You know, you're going to be a longer term investor if you want to go down that route. So helping them find out a little bit about themselves. At the end of the day, you know, they do have to do that themselves, of course. But taking them on that journey, making them aware of uh, all things technical analysis, even if they have no intention of using it. I mean, yeah. I, I don't there's, you know, all these funny candlestick pattern names. And, you know, I, I don't trade off using them, but I'm aware of them because right. if the market cares about it, I need to. And that's the kind of the message that I portray onto them. So, yeah, for me, it's about just trying to give them as much information as possible so that they can go down and express themselves, um, you know, over, over time. But really trying to, you know, just build a solid framework for them is, is kind of how I, I want to start their journey. Mm. And, and in the, the sort of trajectory that they're on in that early stage, what's been the biggest surprise for you? Has it just been the total lack of education or the... Because, of course, there's, there's suddenly an environment where they're going to fail. <laughs> yeah, let's face it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the stats but, aren't, aren't really so in their favour. At the early stages, what are you finding as their challenge around failing and getting up and, and carrying on? Is, is, and how, how do you manage that? La- definitely lack of patience um, and understanding of the journey. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy because when you think about any other profession, you know, if you wanted to become an electrician, you're not going to be a good electrician in, in two, three weeks. If you wanted to be, you know, a good golfer, and I want to be a good golfer. It's not happened overnight. It takes time, and, you know, you almost – they need to think about it like that. And I think people are too eager to jump straight in, and those that do go do that, they then risk too much. Mm. Now, what's the best way to stay the longest time in this game is to reduce your risk size, right? So some people, I did a poll on, on Twitter the other day, and, and I think it was for, for traders, how much would you, you risk per new trade? And the most common answer was, I think, above 5% per trade. And I was just like, but it just shows that, you know, that's the type of person yeah. that's answering that question. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be one of the reasons why most people fail. They risk too much. They haven't, you know, got that patience to realize that this is something that's going to take time. So mm-hmm. for me, that was very much the... The sort of the, the first clear thing is people had the wrong uh, view on trading. And and look, we know there's a lot of cowboys out there, aren't there? You know, with these courses that you see um, with the, the flashy Instagram posts and all of that. And I think it just creates a, a false image, shall we say, um, that people think in, in a week they're going to have a Lamborghini, um, which would be great if it was true. But as we know, it's, it's, it's not. It's, you know, actually, this is one of the things we're railing against all the time. And, you know, I, I work with people who are, you know, been doing it nearly 10 years and are just turning the corner into profitability. And someone asked me yesterday, you know, how long do you think it takes to become consistently profitable as a trader? And my answer was five to 10 years. And he... He told me that originally he thought it was a couple of years. I mean, this is guy's been doing it about 15 years. He originally thought that was a couple of years, and then he knew a couple of people 
who were making good money after two years, but have now blown up. Mm. And he, he's sort of realised that, you know, it's quite easy to make money in a bull market for a couple of years. But then you, you're, and you're using too much leverage normally. Yeah. And you're using a system that is working well in a buy the dip style. But as soon as those dips stop and become, as we see now, kind of longer, deeper dips, those people are suddenly full leverage, have bought more on the way down and have then been cleaned out. And, um, it, 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 but it's really strange, isn't it? I mean, that learning journey is, like you say, people approach trading the wrong way. It's an incredibly skilled job, mm. you know, and to be successful at it, like any skilled job, takes many, many years. You know, if you were, yep. the, the example I always bring is, you know, a guitarist or a boxer, you're not going to start learning that tomorrow and be playing guitar at a venue as a back, you know, for a backing band or a great singer for many, many years. And the same yeah. if you started boxing, you're not, you know, you may turn pro within three to five years, but you're not going to be competing for a world championship for another five years or, a you know, a major championship. So there is this complete... And I understand it. I'm sure I would do the same. You know, if I was 20 now, um, I, I think we all did do the same. You know, when I started, you know, in the dim and distance past, probably a, a rough time to your father. You know, we were all starting when it was penny shares in the 80s. And we were getting penny newsletters, penny share newsletters, written by people who knew nothing about penny shares. And they were coming through, um, oh, you've probably never heard of them, but it's called a fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> We were getting these faxed letters every single day and we were like rushing to buy it. And then I think October 1987 woke all of us up with, uh, with a shock um, to what this was about. And, and I knew a lot of people who kind of lost everything, you know, their car, the home they just bought in that sort of one day. Um, but it, we're all, we all do it. We think trading's easy. Someone else tells you they're doing it. They're making loads of money. There's a guy here we know who's usually heard a story of a guy in the papers who built Bitcoin and is now a multimillionaire. And, you know, it's just the reality that, you know, we all do get sucked in. We're all yeah. vulnerable to that. Um, we all think there's easy money laying under a palm tree somewhere. That we're <laughs> going to up pretty soon. But, I, you know, what, what, what myself and Mark and us at Alpha Mind are trying to really work on it. We're doing something similar to you. You know, we're trying to educate people. We're trying to work on the, whereas we're not te teaching them, we don't teach analysis techniques. There's multiple different analysis techniques that people can use. Um, we don't teach a system. We we try and work on the interface of the person who you are to the market and how you navigate that journey and how you develop your risk process and how you manage yourself, which I think is probably the biggest and most important part of trading yeah i completely okay I, I i say you know if, if anyone was to ask me name the two most important things mm -hmm. in trading i always say self-awareness and discipline for yeah. me would be the, the top two I, yeah, I, I, like, I like to think of it as you're sort of trading your own ticker tape absolutely okay, you're, you're trading the market in one sense but actually you've got to be trading your own ticker tape and understand you know, how you're regulating that and, you know, spotting when you need to do something and you need to, to pay more attention. Yeah, and people just don't do that. So I think it's a really, you know, almost like, remember the old CNBC had that sort of ticker tape flying across the screen. You're having something of yourself that's got, you know, stress levels, you know, how awake you are, um, what your nutrition is like, you know, what, what where you're getting your golden source material from to make these decisions. And you constantly need to pay attention to it. So it's not a snapshot, you know, it just carries on changing daily. And all of us are very, very different. So we've all got to pay particular attention to what our self-management ticker tape looks like because that's what professional sports guys do. That's what they're monitoring. That's what their coaches are monitoring. They're just keeping it optimal all of the time. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share that because that is so fundamental as to how, how we operate at um, – Almost called his mastermind there. Mastermind. Sam, Sam, if, if I'm, I'm going to ask a question of you that I 
probably a bit unfair because I've not asked you to think about it, but um, you work with lots of people, young people, um, probably people changing careers and jobs. Um, maybe some people have got a lot of money, have sold a business. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say? Obviously, there's quite a few people who do come through as successful. Yep. Um, you know, do you notice any patterns amongst those that succeed? Yeah. Anything that they're doing habitually or regularly that's different? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, two things. One, which I see a lot, and even from, you so you mentioned the type of people I literally will, will would have dealt with. Some will have crazy amounts of money and, yeah. you know, like you said, sold a business, had a very successful career, uh, inheritance, whatever, and then you have, you know, people that have absolutely nothing. But the... Um, the, the common theme that I have seen with people that I know have been successful and are still successful is that when they started out, they hardly risked anything. And it, 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 it was really for me quite striking. They, you know, and, and especially seeing people that I knew were very wealthy for them to only risk, say 20, initially starting out 25 bucks per trade, I thought was very telling because they've really taken the time to actually learn that journey. I mean, look, Price going from A to B, as we all know, can be £10, £100, £1,000. It actually doesn't matter, really. It's just the monetary value. I know it influences the psychology, of course, but I found people that were very, very disciplined with regards to their risk, they're, they're still about now. They're still trading very, uh, very well. And also the other thing was um, out of all the people um, that I'd have mentored and, and seen traded or seen mentored, uh, women. Women performed on average quite a lot better um definitely you know there was something that that stood out i would say in general they were a lot more risk averse again which is something that's just so important um and uh yeah that sort of self-awareness understanding yourself i think is just so important in trading i for, for one know that when the market is incredibly volatile or when there's a news announcement out i'm gonna lose money and i just avoid it so i look at the calendar okay we got this to say non-farm payrolls coming out in 10 minutes or coming out later today at 1.30. Right, sweet, I'm not going to trade. And that's absolutely fine. We will return to the podcast shortly. Just a quick reminder that listeners of the Alpha Mind podcast can obtain a discount on the STA's Outstanding Technical Analysis Home Study course. Visit alpha-mind.net to find out more about this offer. Now back to this week's podcast. So there's some fascinating points there. Um just coming back to sort of coming back was from your last one. You know, I, I, I often find that the women I've worked with generally have been better than the men. Mm. Um, it's probably going to upset a few men out there. But <laughs> yeah. Quite happy. And, and I think it's because generally they, they are, I, I, well, I don't know what the reason is, but I think they have less ego. Yeah, I think, I think that's it, isn't it? You know, and, and, and I think there's a lot of ego out there with men who want to show how much they can make. You know, they're looking for the Lambo and the Rolex and the, yeah. you know. Um, and, and I've noticed over the years, that, not just that, but with the men that really do successful as well, it's that suppression of ego, that the sort yeah. of detaching the ego. Um, really, it, you know, it, it, it's it, there's a few things. I mean, one other than it, it allows them to focus on process and not get distracted by that. But also it's, you know, it's learning. They have time to learn, to go through the It's As we say, it's a multi-year learning experience. And if your ego comes in, first of all, you're often rejecting the learning. You know, it's a kind of, I think, Mark, you came up with a great phrase the other day, the disease of me. (laughs) Is that what a me disease? Was that how you called it? Absolutely, disease of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm special. I know better than anyone else. I don't need to listen. I don't need to. Yeah, very uh, fixed mindset. Absolutely. And I think yeah. just on on that plan plan around with the female bit. Just whilst you're on the subject, the the the, the female of the species is far more embracing of, of soft skills. You know, the the emotional intelligence side uh, and the the need to pay attention to that. Whilst historically, men don't tend to. Uh, male, one of the reasons, male of the species, literally. Male of the species, yeah, <laughs> male of the species. I mean, one of the reasons why we got John John McCaskill on, who's a Navy SEAL commander and is now doing mindfulness for, for veterans, was that 
you know, guys, look, look the, if military special forces are getting involved in this stuff on the emotional intelligence side and the building up of these soft skills of actually being, you know, the new superpowers, quite literally, then pay some attention to that. Yeah. And the female of the species is, is, is doing that better than men. It, 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 they embrace it more more likely on a regular basis. You know, they bring yeah. it into their life. Men, men might touch it and think, I don't want to be seen to be getting near it. But then look at the outcome. You're saying, you know, the female of the species are better at trading than the, than men. Yeah. Um, there's a message there. For sure. And the other thing you said also really struck me as interesting. And again, two things about this risking small. So I, I, I recently had a, a call for a, a guest who we hope to have on in the next few weeks, who's a fantastically successful trader. Mm. Um, and um, during the sort of introduction call that I had with him, he mentioned a point that when he started trading quite a few years ago with a lot of other people, all the other people were putting on loads of risk. You know, they were so quick then that they wanted to be millionaires by the end of the first week, that sort of thing. And he said he was dead scared to lose money. Yeah. So he traded not to lose money. He just wanted to stay in the game. And he'd had an experience of a family member who traded and, and lost everything. So he was a bit um, impacted by that or had seen that firsthand. So for him, he said he just... From that moment onwards, he just traded not to lose money. Yeah, and I that think that's him, yeah to develop a process and a method which then made money without losing money, and that became the cornerstone of a fantastically successful career. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's a great, great sort of phrase there. Uh, when um, when I so when I first started trading, my so I, we did this course, and my brother did the the course with me. So we actually had each other we, we sat next to each other in the office and when we traded at home as well and he came from a economics background but he was also from a sporting background which i think helped him but we were we were really scared to take a trade on the demo account because we did not want to lose money and that's absolutely the right way to go about it i know that it's hard to when starting out to treat fake money like it's real money but for me it was and you know that i think really helped me at the beginning i mentioned i had beginner's luck I absolutely hit a bumpy path in the road, uh, you know, later on. But just reducing that risk gives you that longer time to, you know, you know, before you do get in a, a big hole. If you're, and actually, I, whenever I do this course, when, and it's actually happening tomorrow, there was a, a tweet, Steve, that you retweeted, I think, with someone ages ago. And I wish, always bring up my phone and, and read it. And it was someone who, I think you retweeted them and it said something like, oh, I risked 0.25 to 0.50 percent of my account per trade and and that's obviously how you know if only they were to lose say four or five trades in a row which can happen they've hardly yeah. lost anything of their account and yeah. i think that's just really striking people think god oh yeah i'm gonna risk five six percent per trade and you know in in the pandemic i lost eight trades in a row if i risk five percent suddenly that's 40 percent of my account gone in a in a second you know yeah. it's uh it's so key and that's a yeah a great great comment from that that chat yeah, I think, you know, we, we, when we work with individuals in funds, you know, hedge funds, at 5%, they're out. <laughs> yeah. They're gone. So they, they give them a lot of capital to trade with, obviously huge amounts. And yeah, yeah. They're very risk-averse, the funds, despite the common, you know, sort of uh, image of them. You know, they're, they're, they're often given money from pension funds to trade with, and the pension funds... Want to make sure they get that money back, so so they're, they're very you know they have very strict mandates about how much they can lose. Mm. So you know they, they, they've normally got a five percent drawdown of it. So these guys are often trading sizes of 0.1 or 0.2 percent, which is quite large if you've got two hundred. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> but in the actual, you know, they're not putting that you know in reality. And if you know the really the really strong guys are averaging you know, high single-digit returns a year. Um, the superstars are, you know, they're the ones who are coming in close to 15 20% return a year. They usually own the fund. Um, mm -hmm. It's sort of Paul Tudor Jones, people such as that. Um, and, you know, 
they, if you ever read these guys, what they talk about, you know, like Paul Tudor Jones says, that losers, losers, average losers. That's a famous phrase. You know, never add to a losing trade, which every beginning trade does. Every beginner trader pretty oh, much yeah. does. Yeah, I remember I was speaking to my dad beginning of February 2020. And, and, and markets were going pretty crazy back, back then. I think it was just starting to really kick off. Yeah. And so I was just speaking to my dad, obviously, because he was alive. He worked a bit on the trading floor. And I said, oh, you must have spoke to some people that did incredibly in like 2008, 2009. He goes, well, to be honest, whenever I asked that question, anyone that I knew was very successful all said the same thing. My best trade was when I came out of a losing trade early. And yes. I just thought that was just incredible. Like I, was, I went in for the answer, oh, I made hundreds of millions. And I got, yeah, I just came out of a losing trade early. That's If I had yeah. held that. And look, there would have been a lot of people that would have blown up in 2020. It's like you said, buying the dip and just adding yeah. to it. And yeah, to, to take a losing trade off early is, is sometimes the best thing you can do. Yeah, I mean, pe people have to understand that. I was speaking to an individual recently in the energy markets who's a veteran of the markets, really successful over 20 years, possibly the most aggressive trader you will ever meet. And I asked him, you know, what was your best ever trade? You know, and I fully expected him to give me this spiel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went every single stop I've ever put on. And been <laughs> out on it, isn't it? That is it. Yeah. Yeah. I think if anyone's listening to this podcast and was only to take one thing, that's yeah. it right there, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Actually, de deciding that you're wrong and don't trade is also a, a really profitable trade as well. Yeah. Uh, some people guess you know that sort of that movement towards it with little thought that I just want to do this because I'm bored. You know that that self control is like no, actually, it's not a trade. Don't do it. But that also yeah. is is a lifesaver for many people. That self control and the process around that, uh, in as much as way that um, you know you, you manage these stops. And of course, one of the biggest failures that I've that I've ever seen is when. The, the stock gets turned into a double up the other way type trade, you know? Yeah, <laughs> when, absolutely. When the stock gets activated for that trade, the other way around moments later. You see yeah. tragedy out there. When when people are pushed into pushed into trading for the sake of it, everything goes out of the window. But it is very, very common. It is yeah. super common. And so many people that we speak to that people just get into a bit of a mess. They lose all sense of just what they're doing. And you probably saw that in the early stages of the people that you were mentoring. But yeah, absolutely. They were, they were just caught in the headlights, as it were, and just frozen. I mean, I've seen that professionally, but you would see people that have not faced fear suddenly just get to this point of being in a bit of shock um, and then start making mistakes because they'll still carry on trading and then you can just forget it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Seen that many times and it's incredible just watching people that have been composed, but they mm. lose control and they sit there and they are frozen and it's uh yeah they can watch and obviously as a as a mentor we could see the and even on the demo accounts right we could see the the, the live pnls and you could see someone blow the one risk limit and some if it's on the demo account sometimes i'll do it you know let them learn this lesson they'll just be watching it just praying and hoping it will come back mm. adding to that position and it only ends up bad in to be honest the worst thing that could happen is them getting away with it, right? And it turns around and they suddenly make money because you think, oh, God, I, I've got something over the market here. Um, and that, yeah, it's just never going to end well, as uh, as everyone will know. Is, is there a bit of a performance mentality again there with that? You know, the way a performer sees things. You know, if you if you go back to a football match, you might be 5-0 down. I'm sure you've had those games. You're 5-6-0 down, you're getting hammered. You know, you still have to keep going. You know, you don't want it to turn into 10 nil down. You know, you know the game is lost, but you've got to, you know, you've, you've got to sort of just, you know, right, we've got to stop the hemorrhaging <laughs> yeah. in the game. Yeah. Got another 30 minutes to go, maybe, or, you know, and you've got to be careful not to lose it. You know, you don't want to get sent off. It's, you know, you're already getting hammered. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And you've got to be there for the, the rest of your team. Like we say with a boxer, you know, you have to keep the gloves up. You know, there's a time in every game where, every fight where you're probably going to be under the pressure and you've got to survive those moments back to the wall, um, in the corner, gloves up, get a breather, get to the end of the round, you know, stay in the fight. 
Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's it, though, isn't it? It's like you could you look. We're all going to have bad days trading. Yeah. Stay in the fight. Do yeah. not, you know. That's why I think it is useful to have, say, stop loss limits. You know, yeah. you know, one R people call it or whatever, or a maximum amount of trades you lose in a row, or max amount you lose per day per week. If you lose a certain amount, you then de-risk even more. Having those rules and procedures in are what keep you in the fight, like you said. So absolutely, it has that sort of sporting, you know, correlation, which is is something that I think helped me, and I've seen help others, and obviously you you guys have as well. Yeah, no, that's, I mean that, that that is so so true. So if we come back to this, you know, you said about what are some of the characteristics that you see of people who who push through, and you've mentioned a couple. Are there any more sort of sort of patterns you see amongst those who, who make it? Yeah, I, I always used to when when the the traders first started live market. So some would have traded before, some never would have, and we would yeah. always get them trading. I think there were six markets, so a couple of about four currency pairs: euro, pound, Aussie, and yen against the dollar, um, gold, S and P. Uh, oil and nasdaq actually so it's more than six but we so they would have traded those for you know five six seven eight weeks before they went live which still wasn't obviously a long time but what i would always do uh every group i would give them all a piece of paper or if they're doing it hybrid at the time an email and i'd say here are the eight markets and write me down your if you're only to trade each one once today yeah. give me your best opportunity that you see and they'd hand that in usually before 9am uh, and I'd collect them and we'd go through them at the end of the day. But I'd keep everything like in an Excel document. And then we, at, when it got to sort of half four European close, we would review them and against the ones that they had planned compared to what they then done. And it was incredible the amount of time. So say someone said, I'm going to go long S&P yesterday's low. It would get down to the low of yesterday and S&P and this person would go short and lose. And it was just incredible. So they've taken all this time to write down the uh their strategies and by the way pretty much every group made money every time i did this just from writing it down if they had only taken those trades and then on average when they on the trades they actually taken they lost quite a lot of money so it's just incredible that just from taking that time to really plan and not trade on emotions you know just because the s&p is now on to uh, yesterday's low you're suddenly you're you're panicking if nothing's changed and that was your strategy and you've taken the time, you like the level, you like the interaction that you're seeing, you like the risk reward, um, you know, it's you, you go to all that 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 planning to then trade, like like you said, Mark, when someone flips over, you know, a stop loss and then goes short, it, it's trading on that emotion with that lack of planning, which I think is, has led to people coming up short. But those who really do have the patience to plan and stick to it and are very disciplined. Uh, they've certainly had an edge over the others uh, from, from what I've seen. Yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, you know, that, that, that's such amazing advice and it's, you know, you're seeing it for real with lots of different people. You yeah. Know, I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I, I think as well, what I've seen that's helped is when people actually get into a trade, um and i i was certainly guilty of this at the beginning i for the first sort of six seven months i was winning more trades than i was losing and would always go in with the approach of a minimum two to one risk reward but actually my pnl was was negative so i was coming out of winning trades way too early and let my stop loss get hit so i'd had the plan out and then it took me to really journal um all of my trades to see well what would happen if i actually just stuck to my plan and I would have made way much, way more PL than than not. And for those that sort of stick to their plan and have rules to come out, have performed well. So for me personally, I always say to people, you know, create your own rules. But it might be if something fundamentally has changed, of course, come out of a trade. Really and truly, if you're a short-term trader, you're probably not going to be fast enough to react to it anyway. But you know, that could be, you know, big data headlines or correlations for me. If any of those change, I'll come out. But if not, why would I? come out i've done all that preparation i you know in my case back tested it seen what's happened got the stats to back it up you know i'm just going to take it on and i think that that's another characteristic that i've seen that has helped with people is just patience and, and sticking to their plan yeah 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 absolutely do, do you see any difference in sort of older people who are starting now versus 
younger people who are sort of fresh out of uh, university or, or even fresh out of school. Yeah, yeah, mix. I mean, some of the the younger people. So we would get obviously people that uh, are incredibly clever graduates that come, and you know, some of them would have this. And obviously they're incredibly intelligent. So they would have this ego, which would actually hold them back a little bit. So I would say more than sort of, but then there would also be people that don't have that ego. So it'd be more, I guess, based on the individual in um, how they came across themselves in their sort of, you know, I don't know the right word, but how much ego they had. So the same with, with people who were older, if people were happy to come in and learn, they yeah. generally did better. We would have people of, of different ages that would come in. And I remember there's there's someone I've got fresh in my mind. He just didn't want to listen. And right. he was and he was incredible, uh, past career, very successful in what he did, but he was very used to clearly getting his own own way and being successful. So when it came to trading, and as we all know, it's incredibly hard early on. It, it for him it was just way too hard. And he was just, you know, making mistake after mistake, but kept believing he was right. So would add to these losing positions, would risk too much, would make excuses when the trade went against him. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. I should have done that. And it's just, yeah, I think ego is, is, is I've seen a sort of a, a bigger difference than maybe sort of age. And it's really sort of personal, I, I guess. I haven't seen massive um, uh, sort of, you know, areas with, with age that have been, um, you know, common. Right. Can I kind of ask on that, um, the newbies coming in, mm. are they bringing skills that perhaps surprise you? You know, obviously from the, the gaming world, you know, things are going on in the background. Um, people might be wanting to get into writing their own algos perhaps quicker and, and more naturally than perhaps someone that's a bit more aged coming to the market that doesn't want to get anywhere near it because he needs to, you know, learn significant skill. But do you see a bit of a trend as to... The fresh blood coming into this market, you know, almost naked, as it were. Yeah. Program. What have you seen? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the the younger younger generation. I, I guess in in a way, uh, some of them come in, and with the whole GameStop, the AMC kind of market, they expect it to be instant returns, perhaps more than those that are. Had a, have an understanding of the stock market that it can crash here and there and, and all of this. So they sometimes actually are, are too sort of fresh and they expect these massive returns overnight. So they struggle a little bit more. So those that are maybe more aware of the market, even before they get into trading, you know, actually are you know performing a, a little bit better. But uh, yeah, they're it, obviously the younger people. They uh, are very interested in this whole algo development and. And, and what, which is way beyond my my capabilities. Um, I actually am funny enough, uh, as of last week, sort of looking into developing an algo myself. But uh, yeah, long long way off for me. <laughs> and are they are they more inclined to lead to lead towards crypto as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's. Um, I think the stats are there, aren't they? With, with younger people, you know, in, in terms of crypto investment compared to any other range ranges that they're winning that by by a long range and i think that's good though you know with the right the, the sort of the rise of the retail investment and for those younger people who maybe don't have money for them to go okay let me put some money in a tracker you know i might make you know eight percent on average a year or well, hang on let me go into this sort of you know crypto and i might potentially be able to make more so i think they've got that sort of mentality i think editorial we're we're and i certainly uh want to display this it's great to be diverse it's great to you know spread that risk and obviously never invest more than you're prepared to lose but yeah certainly coming in uh, and doing these talks around universities a lot of them if they've got any investments they're usually crypto or tesla <laughs> <laughs> absolutely listen I, i'm i'm mindful that we're getting close to sort of wrapping this up we haven't really spoke much about etoro and if I'm honest, although I see the, the, the name around a lot, uh, and I see it on football grounds and, you know, the clubs, clubs, you know, the, the shirts as well, I, I'm not that familiar with it, you know, to, and there must be a few people who have heard the name probably listening a few times. So, so perhaps you can just sort of maybe sort of explain what it is they do and what you do at Itoro. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I was at the, what uni was I at last week? Uh, Warwick 
and I, I asked people, had anyone heard of eToro? And they had quite a lot put their hand up, but same sort of thing in, in terms of understanding what they do, maybe not so sure. The advertising, is, as you mentioned, is, is everywhere. It's uh, uh, on the football stadiums. We sponsor six football clubs in the UK, front of shirt for Monaco and, and other uh, football teams like Rapid Vienna uh, across Europe. So, you know, as as a lot of sort of retail platforms have seen, uh, you know, really sort of post or during the pandemic, there's been a massive rise uh, mm-hmm. in retail investing. And eToro is, is at the forefront of being sort of a sort of social investing platform. So there's like people can share their ideas, bounce ideas off each other, interact with each other. So it's, it's quite um interesting from that point of view and it's got a, a sort of usp is, is something called copy trader and um, so this is say i've got an account on eToro and anyone can click on my name see my history everything that i've ever traded how long i hold trades and they can say well, i'm going to copy this person so any trade that they put on i also do and some of these people are insanely good you know and let's be real the last 10 years markets have pretty much gone up so it's been you know okay if you know what you're doing to make money but still some of the returns that these people have are just incredible so people can copy these um popular investors that they call and then we've also got uh these really cool sort of smart portfolios so that we've seen the rise of sort of thematic investing over the last few years where people want to invest in like an area whether that be like crypto or driverless cars or cyber security and we see younger retail investors think, okay, well, yeah, I, I believe in that. Okay, oh, let wow. me invest in, in rather than just one company. Let me go down the route of saying, okay, yeah, I like the idea that in the future it's going to be electric vehicles. Cool, let me invest in that. I think you know the cannabis industries and we have more legalization. Cool, NFTs. We have all these sort of smart portfolios that are dedicated to certain um, sort of fields. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a it's sort of a social investment. Uh, platform there's i think there's now 27 million users uh wow. on eToro which is yeah incredible numbers um and my role is is really to help with the education of it um and yeah i do webinar every monday tuesday wednesday weekly course podcast we go around to to football grounds that we sponsor and we, we're looking to do some work in the community sort of area too so yeah it's it's my role is just to to help with the the education i um yeah i've been doing this since yeah may last year brilliant it sounds like it sounds like it's something you love yeah i do i do i i i you know when i was playing football at that level i mean i, I love playing with my mates but fulham yeah. reading i didn't necessarily enjoy it too much um and what i really enjoy is actually being in a team where everyone's got the same goal so I love that. My my team at Toro is great. It was it was it was great at Amplify as well. But one of the the things that really gets me out of bed is is when someone will be like, you know, they 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 learn from something I've done and they message you be like, look, what you did, I've implemented that and it's been X Y Z. It's done X Y Z for me. And yeah, re- that's that's how I get my kicks. Um, you know, it, it's obviously working at Toro and Amplify would have slowed in, in in a sense my trading journey down because I'm not yeah. trading all the time. But that was a sacrifice I was more than willing to make, and also uh, in a, in a in a way it probably actually helped my trading because I think uh, having an income while trading just psychologically makes it so much easier. So I think that's sort of helped me along the way. But yeah, I just yeah really like um, helping people. I mean, I know when people usually say that, you think, "Well, God, this guy's he's chatting rubbish." But uh, yeah, no, that's the way no, I see no, it. no, no, it's you know, and it's it's interesting because you know we often talk about the the importance of passion when you're trading or whatever you're doing that it, it's one of those things that will get you through it will get you um motivated it'll yeah. get you pushing through when things are good and then also surviving and finding a way through when things are hard um, and you, you, i just want to jump on something you said there as well the importance of having an income when you're trading yeah you you, you talked about some and this is really important you talked about the people who, some people who are really wealthy, made a lot of money from various, various routes. Either they sold a business or they had a family income or whatever, or they've just done very well in their career. And then they've got a lot of money behind them, which means they can trade small and yeah. learn the game for the first few years, as opposed to people who need to put food on need the table. It, yeah. mm. You know, the moment you need that word need 
to make money from trading, it's when you're going to be owned by the market. Yeah, I mean, I I um I trade with someone who literally is the way you're describing it now. And actually, he worked at Live for quite a while. Giuliano Gregorio, his name was, and um, oh, he. Yeah, incredibly smart man, incredibly smart man. And I, I, he mentored me a lot, actually. And um, I catch up with him every now and again. And, yeah. you know, he he will trade. And if if he has reached his target at 8 a.m., that's him done for the day. And I'd always found that fascinating. I just thought, wow. I mean, for me personally, I, I don't think you should have a profit target because I feel if you're in tune with the market, crack on and go. I think you should have lost target for sure. But for him, super disciplined, didn't risk much. And, yeah, he's just been so consistent as a trader for all the years that I've, I've known him and he was definitely doing it before I was as well. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I mean, that, that, that's great advice as well, you know, to people sometimes, you know, if, if you have a way of doing it and that is one way, um, adhere to it, you know, if it keeps working. Make trading know, boring is something I always say. Yeah, that's that's Peter Brandt's comment when he was on a chat with traders uh, interview I I heard a couple of years ago. And he said, your job as a trader is to make this job as boring as possible. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think the moment you sort of get out of control, like Mike said, uh, is when, you know, people sort of spiral out of control and they're just paralyzed by the markets. It usually doesn't end too well. Yeah. On that note, maybe we should start wrapping up. Um, And anything, any, any final thoughts, Sam? Anything that... You want to just put out there, I mean, where can people find out about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously people are more than uh, welcome to message me on, on Twitter, um, Sam North underscore Toro, or send me any messages by that way. My, my advice to, to anyone looking to, to to get into whether it be trading or investing is just understanding, you know, it's not a race. You know, you've got to have the patience. Um, and you've got to understand yourself, I think, is is as I mentioned before, self-awareness, discipline are, for me, the two most important aspects of being a consistently profitable investor or trader, but it's a journey that takes time. And that's got to be the main goal to be consistently profitable, not just to have one great trade that makes you a lot of money because you go into that category of the boom and bust trader. So yeah, having a journey, uh, understanding uh, your, your sort of goals and yeah, having the patience. And uh, if you can get a mentor, I think it speeds up that process so much. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, you know, there's, there's Mr. Randall over there. If they want a mentor, there's Mr. North <laughs> over here, and there's me as well. Well, I'm, we'd say we're probably a bit more of a coach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wonderful. And Mark, over to you. Oh, yeah, Sam, fan- fantastic sort of chat through, really through a different lens than, than perhaps we're familiar with. Passion. Passion makes up for the deficit in your plan. I think is is a phrase that I really like. I think what's come from this conversation is the understanding that, you know, play the long game. You know, sometimes you need to slow down to speed up and, and education is is vital. Uh, and getting off with, get with that right sort of level of, of help to understand your journey and what your own path is because our own pathways are going to be quite different. Although very interesting what you say about the, the copy sort of idea within your business. Actually, sometimes other people's paths are worth yeah. jumping onto as well, um, which is um, super interesting. But also, I think your your comment really about. Um, May I have your attention? <laughs> it sounds like a fire alarm's gone off there. <laughs> well, I can just carry on in terms your your comment about the the female of the species you know, the emotional intelligence, the soft skills, I think is a really, really big message for those blokes in trading, that whatever they are, right, whatever they're, whether they're newbies or whether they're old guys, right, this, this necessity to grab hold of the emotional intelligence side and the soft skills is fundamentally important to your progress as a trader. Fundamentally. And if it's, Proven, you know, from what you're saying. And I've heard it from many places elsewhere. Female traders seem to have an edge over male traders. And it's about that that quality and embracing the things that um, perhaps men find a bit awkward. But actually, 
they're worth embracing because they'll make so much difference. But Sam, thanks so much. It's been an absolute joy to to speak to you today. And we, we wish you well with your your own journey. You know, as you continue through um the, the space, uh, I'm sure you'll you'll progress at rapid speed as well. So good Thank for you. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for having me on. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. Great to, to chat with you both. Thank you. Thank you for your time. So and good luck. We do hope you enjoyed listening to today. If you did, we would be delighted if you could leave a nice rating and a friendly review on whichever podcast service you use. Also, be sure to subscribe so as not to miss future episodes. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, the Society of Technical Analysts. As a reminder, you can check out how to obtain a discount on their outstanding technical analysis home study course at our website, alpha-mind.net. The Alpha Mind podcast is co-hosted by me, Stephen Goldstein, and my co-host, Mark Randall, and brought to you by the Alpha Mind Project Limited. You can learn more about us and the trader performance coaching and executive and leadership coaching and other performance development services we offer to professional trading businesses and individuals in the professional and retail trading space. Go to alpha-mind.net to find out more.